Welcome to the Before 30 Podcast, inspiring conversations about life and work with your host, Auntie Janine and Nephew Trey. Well, hello. Welcome to Before 30. This is Auntie Janine. Nephew Trey's in the building. Hey, Trey. How you doing? I'm doing good. (laughs) I'm doing good. Yes, all is going well. You know, we are rounding out... Like moving into a whole nother month. We are. And I'm kind of glad. I'm like running into the next month, which I hate to say. Running. Yes, because I have spent way too much money this month. Ooh. I got to get back on track. Back on track. So I'm running out of this month. What were like the big expenses that were just kind of like. Don't be. What? I'm just you trying to expose me, no, Trey. I'm just saying, you said you running out this month, so it must have been something big you running I from. I will just <laughs> say, no debt, no debt collectors. I've just spent way too much cash. Okay. You know, in the form of using my credit card that I pay off every month. But right. still, when I looked at stuff, rant, like I went to um, a local festival, the Indie Market okay. here in Atlanta uh, last weekend. I'm out there teaching all the vendors how to use the cash app, QRC code, the QR code. Yep. And then I'm buying everything. Just buying. Scanning everybody's code. Like I went knowing, okay, if I buy anything, I'm going to buy a candle because I like candles and I might get like a body cream or something. Walked away with a little bit more than candles and body cream. When I looked at my cash app list that hit my checking account register, whoo. No, it's funny you say that because I just looked at my credit card statement. I'm like, what did I buy this month? And it was a lot of it was moving expenses. It was like, you know, we have to rent the trailer, then buy the boxes and put deposits down on housing and, and electric, utilities, utilities, and stuff. all yeah. of this stuff. And so it was I'm like, I'm ready for, you know, September mm-hmm. to be gone you know, holiday season coming around, but I already talked to Shauna. I'm like, um, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> this honeymoon. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff. So yeah. I'm just like, we... so that's what those unexpected purchases sometimes get you like, Oh yeah. Like I didn't overspend to the point that I can't take care of other financial responsibilities, right. but I bought stuff like, did I really need all of this stuff I bought? Um, and then just the unexpected, the stuff that, the instant gratification. Absolutely. I was feeling the instant, the need of this instant gratification. And we might be, not that, you know how they say they have retail therapy. Maybe we just have COVID therapy. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> we just feel like I'm in my house and that Amazon, I know you've mentioned that before. Stay off that Amazon. Stay away. I, ain't bought, <laughs> I haven't bought any books. That's good. Um, so, but I, I should have bought a book and left the other stuff. <laughs> You know, at least that's something that's going to make me better. But I smell good today. Mm, I got a little my new lotion and potion on. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like managing our finances is this ever, it's this thing that you're constantly trying to get your arms around. Absolutely. Um, Because just because you make more money does not mean that you manage your finances better. Absolutely. And you learn, and I think it really starts with, you know, how did you learn about money? What were those lessons you learned as a child or growing up or that you saw throughout your family um, that really are the foundation of how you manage money, how you view money? Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask you, like, wh- how, what was that like for you growing up? What was was money talked about in your household? When did you like learn the value of a dollar? Like what what's your foundation with money? The thing I heard most of the time was like, I ain't got no money. <laughs> 
They're like, Mama, can I have? I ain't got no money for that. What do, what do you think? Money grown trees? trees. Yep. So that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, it should if it don't, you know? <laughs> money not leaves. So, so I learned a lot of um, valuable tips about money through what I saw people do and not do. Yep. So one of the verbal lessons I got from my grandfather was um, about using credit cards. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford to pay for it, then you don't need it. Okay. Right? So what it taught me is not that credit cards are bad. Maybe at first it did. For a while it did. But what it taught me, what it also taught me was um, that I don't have to get everything I think I want right away. And don't buy something you can't afford. Right. And definitely don't buy anything that you cannot, cannot afford. afford. Right. Because, and, and even when I did that, the stress. So it makes me not want to do that now. No, yeah. Right. Oh, the yeah. stress I've of been in having, to, hear, yeah. Yeah, having to pay for something um, and to man- move nickels and dimes around to... To manage that. So I think that was probably one of the most powerful lessons. Now, credit cards are so much different than they used to be. Mm-hmm. And there are so many more benefits to having them, buying with them. But I'll tell you, about a year or two ago, two of my close friends was like, you need to use your credit cards and get these points. <laughs> Stop you, using yes. that debit card and not getting any value right. from no it. So, yeah. so that was the thing. So what was one of the, what's a life lesson that you have about money? So it's funny. I learned when I really think about when I probably learned the value of a dollar, it was um, through my upbringing, how my mom and dad raised me. And so I was raised in a household where my mom, like when there was time to when it was time to buy something, I was given a lot of autonomy in the kind of the decision making process or there was just always this unspoken budget. So when it was time to go back to school, you know, my mom never said I had a certain amount of dollar for school clothes, but I just always knew that there was this unspoken budget. It's Mm. not a lot. And you determine how you're going to spend that. And Mm. so, you know, I could have bought the Jordans, you know, the latest Jordans to go back to school, but I probably only would have been getting one, maybe two pairs of sneakers. Whereas like I could buy these Reebok classics, these K-Swiss, these Saconis, (laughs) you know, all these shoes and I can get multiple pairs. Exactly. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I want what was hot back in the day. I could buy you know, Ralph Lauren or all of these other expensive brands, or I can get this South Pole and this FUBU, which is cheaper. Yeah. And so it really taught me, um, you know, how to budget or how to just think about money, not instantly, yeah. but how to think about it in the long term. And you like quantity. I'm more of a quantity. Per- I am. Yeah. I'm more of a quantity. And so, you know, but I think I was able to learn that value through um, making decisions myself. And then I also was able to learn what's that fine line between quantity and quality. Mm-hmm. Just because something's cheap, it could be cheaper quality, but how do you find good quality that is affordable? Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to learn that lesson as a child. Yeah. Like my, I have a brother who he typically wears the same type of thing, but he, he first thing he was like, well, let me go to Kohl's first and get some Kohl's cash. <laughs> like he was like, I got some Kohl's cash. So he's, you know, like they're going to pay me to buy these sneakers. Right. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get these Convo- Converse um, sandals here yep. versus going to Foot Locker where I'm going to pay a higher price from. And, and, and so, and yeah. I think it helps you decide what's important to you. You know, is clothing important? Mm-hmm. Is food important? Like, you know, the way I was raised, it, it allowed me to say, well, this, I'm not, I don't want to spend too much money on this. I'd rather use the savings from there to invest yeah. in something else or spend it elsewhere. So yeah. having that experience. My mother was, really was huge on coupons oh, and yeah. percentages off and 
looking, not, you know, she would be like, nope, we're not getting that today, but I got a coupon for this, and it's 25% <laughs> off. And she would sit there and calculate it right there with us. Like, okay, that's $49, it's 29% off, plus an additional 10 Like, she would yep. do all the math. Um, so that was one thing. And she also, she taught us early, like, once you start to work, Oh, yeah. Then it's time for you to contribute to the household. Yeah. And that household means oh. your own personal oh, right. expenses. Just, okay. Right. That's a contribution well, to the some, household. Uh, some people, you know, you know, they have to contribute to the actual yes, household true. expenses. Some do. Some people, some, yeah, you're yeah. right. Some teenagers start working and they do have to help. Or even if you come back home, your yep, parents might charge you a rent um, or help with a utility, which I think is a good life yeah. lesson. Yeah. But to your point is once you start making money, that is another way or another time. And when you start learning, I think the true value of a dollar, it's okay. Now you've got money coming in. How is it going to be spent? You know, yeah. I think the biggest challenge is, is when you think that you should maintain your lifestyle on your <laughs> salary, that the same lifestyle you had that your parents used to subsidize. And I think Ooh. that is a huge challenge with some. And I see that. I see Young people who want to have, they go out to dinner and they want to get all the food that they used to order with their parents or they have to buy something, right. you know, and, you know, you work this, say you work as a teacher um, and a lot of teachers, what people don't know, a lot of teachers wear the same clothes every day in the classroom. I have a, I have several friends that are teachers, and they mm. said these are my school clothes. Oh. And they used to have them. They cleaned them every week. They hung them up, and they would just go because they used to get so dirty. Kids were touching them. Mm. You know, they especially if they taught middle school or below. Um, and then they would buy a lot of their clothes from like consignment shops. That's actually smart. I remember my I love brother, Goodwill. Yeah, I remember my brother suggested that to someone, and they were like totally offended. Oh. Like, but well, what do you need brand new high end clothes for? You teach. A small, you know, you teach in elementary school kids. And I think it goes back to that you figuring out for your lifestyle, what, where is this money going? You got a certain amount of money coming in. How is it going out? Yeah. And, you know, it, that's, it, it takes time to get there, but I feel like you, you have to, you know, we, we definitely are going to do some deep dives with some money later and talk about that. But, um, yeah. So our month of November, you guys yep. and ladies. Uh, we will definitely be going deep with some specialists talking yeah. about finances, but we're going to dive deep in some money, yeah. but we're going to keep it light we're for this keep, episode. Right. So. Cause we want y'all to start thinking yeah. about, you know, your own spending habits, your saving habits. I hear people talk about being on a budget and then I listen to them. And I'm like, that ain't a budget. That's a spending plan. I have. Yes. Budgeting is hard. Even for me, you know, I'll be personally transparent. It is. I know what's coming in, but if you ask me, Trey, what did you spend in uh, August? I, I don't know, you yeah. know, but it's I'm saving us first. So I have the important things first. You know, mm-hmm. I pay that. But even the discretionary income, really knowing to go back to say, did you one, do you have a budget and is what you actually spent in line with the budget? Yes, that's you know, the key. That like reconciling that reconcil- budget. You have to but back. also and the reason you want to reconcile your budget and to make sure what you budgeted and what you spent, like what you spent is less than what you budgeted, mm-hmm. because maybe you're over budgeting. Mm. And you can say, oh, I could save a little bit more. Because what most people end up doing is like, oh, I got a little extra money left. I'm going to spend it. Right. I'm going to go buy me something. Right. So, the yeah, the idea that you say, I'm going to shift this. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, like, I know because I have, like, what all my utilities are, the average amount of all of my utilities every month. So it doesn't matter if it's summertime or wintertime. 
because I know that those gas bill and the power bill is going to switch. Mm-hmm. So the one that's low in the summer is going to be high in the winter. Yep. Uh, so right, so I can yep. I know what that is, and I think like food like food purchases can get us. So oh, yeah. like. I know that I spend X number of dollars, so say $120 every two weeks at the grocery store. So that's what, $240 on groceries. But if I only spend, then I have a different line item for eating out, (laughs) out, socializing. And so those are the things that people don't look at. They were like, well, food. And then understanding if you're eating out more, is the food in the fridge going back? It's, it's yeah, a, yeah, exactly. It's, How it's, much waste? Exactly. So like, you... Yeah, you definitely. buy... Although one of our um, nieces and cousins of the world <laughs> told me when her food looked like it's going bad, um, she takes it back to the grocery store. I'm like, this went bad. I can't know. We're not doing that. <laughs> I will tell you her name after the show. I was like, did you do that? She was oh like, yeah. Goodness, they, no. they talk about quality. I, I was like, oh, I need to try that. So I think it's... Not that you, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. I'm sure y'all got some tips. Like Some people take everything back. So I think that's, you know, that's a huge one is like making sure your budget doesn't become a spending plan. Right. No, absolutely. And so... Speaking of just kind of uh, spending, mm-hmm. um, what would you say is one of the biggest expenses you've ever paid for cash? So I bought a car, a truck, my pickup truck. I paid cash for okay. it. Yeah. So I had a friend and their company was selling a truck. Nice. Um, and it had very few miles on it. It was relatively new. It was a company vehicle. And I wanted a pickup truck. And she knew I wanted a pickup nice. truck. So I walked, I left my building, walked down to theirs and wrote that big old check. Is this something you saved it for? Or was it kind of in the it, moment and you had the savings? It was, it was kind of in the moment, but I had the savings. Okay. Um, and I knew I could save those funds again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a bonus that was coming and some bonus. other things. And I didn't spend a lot. Like I okay. wasn't a heavy spender. I hadn't decorated my house. I hadn't done a bunch of things yet. And so, but I knew I wanted a pickup truck because right. I valued that the pickup truck was going to help me stop paying delivery fees. Smart. <laughs> I was well, like, did it? My, did yes. It? Okay, did it? I was no. like, I got me a pickup truck. And it was so nice to have mm-hmm. that truck to haul things away and I didn't have to pay other people. It's so funny you say that. When I moved from Atlanta to Orlando, a U-Haul truck cost like $500 with the mileage and the rental fee. But what I did was I got a hitch installed on my Acura and then I got a trailer. Mm-hmm. And you can rent a trailer from U-Haul for $14 uh-huh. for like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So anytime I need to move anything, because I have a small little Acura yeah. TSX, uh-huh. but anytime I need to move anything, it's a $14 you know, little hitch from U-Haul. And I've moved from... You know, Florida <laughs> to New York to Atlanta. I've moved all over the place with that. Right. And so, didn't have to rent a truck. Exactly. So I think for me, it was the largest expense was probably a car. I paid for my first car, $1,500 cash. And then that was the largest expense for a while until I bought that ring. for <laughs> That was a few stacks. But, um, you know, it, it was all worth it. Every single cent. It was my goal it. purchase to pay cash for is a house. Really? Yeah. You want to write a whole I wanna, check? Yeah. You I probably wanna, have a, a comma or two in that Yeah, check. I do. <laughs> I was like, I, my next, like my vacation home or just my next home, I would love to be able to pay cash. Okay. Just pay cash for it and not have to worry about anything. So, And that can happen right. in a variety of different ways, like equity from this home. This is true. Other investments, other, you know, just finding other ways yeah. to make income and using that money 
after it's been saved and it's made some yep, money. And, absolutely. you know, and these are the things that we want. You know, it seems so far fetched. Right. Right. And it seems so far away. But it's actually you know, it's plausible. It, it is. It is and, possible. Right. And, you have to be disciplined. Right. And there are real estate ways to do this like there's people who already have rental properties and you can take the equity out of those rental properties or you know the payments that you get the money that you make there's so many things that you know we want you all to be thinking about now um so this is why we definitely want to manage debt and so you mentioned like credit card debt what did it feel like to have a lot of credit card debt it was suffocating. So for me, I'll, I'll kind of explain my scenario. So I had just graduated from grad school. You know, I think it was May or whatever. I was studying for the, you know, was the CPA exam. So that was a certification exam for my profession. So all of the scholarship, quote unquote, money or loan money had kind of run out. So I had about two months until I needed to, until I was going to start my first job. And so what at the time I was thinking, don't take out too much student loan money. You don't want to have this debt. There, so I could quote unquote live off credit cards for two months. Worst decision ever. Because then you just, you don't realize you get into this habit and then that first check doesn't come for like three weeks to a month or it's getting mailed or something mm-hmm. crazy. So it almost turned into three months and I, I need gas. I got to buy groceries. I think I might have had a little bit of car problems. So it was, I got into credit card debt partially because, you know, unexpected circumstances, but just trying to live off of it where the interest rate on a credit card is ridiculous as opposed to a student loan that was like in the single digits, four, mm-hmm. five, six percent. So yeah. learn that lesson, got out of it and said, I'll never go back to credit card. Yeah. Debt. And I think a big lesson in that is you do not live off of debt. Like if you can avoid living off of debt. Absolutely. Just don't do it. And I think what we'll definitely hopefully talk about more in this series is if you have to use debt, there are strategies for using mm-hmm. debt. There's so- different sources of mm-hmm. debt. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a great yeah because you got to know the difference between right. good manageable debt and exactly. bad debt. There's no understanding interest. Like a lot of people have no idea um, about interest rates, right. right? You think that whatever the car dealership offers you as an interest <laughs> rate is what everybody's getting. No. Um, and I think that's the the biggest that goes back to you know what we Look always at that credit so, score again. right. Well, that? another the other thing is the other thing that we talk about all the time. You got to be in community with people who have done things that you have done because we don't want to learn expensive lessons. No, right. So don't go to the car the car dealership by yourself to buy your first car. Absolutely, and not. you haven't done any research. You haven't talked to anybody. You need to talk to people. You need to exactly. talk to people who have purchased cars, leased cars, because that's one of the big mistakes I made. I had a car. It was paid for. <laughs> my grandfather bought it for me when I was 16. Um, my mother did not let me take it to college my first year. My car got stolen. Stolen? Yeah, it got stolen. The police found it. And those folks, they just... Ugh. The car smelled horrible. Oh. It had some, they had been smoking in it. It just and I just had this stigma like I do not want to drive it. My mother right. had gone and got it cleaned and painted. Um, so it, but I could just still see how it looked when the police brought yeah. it back, which is still stupid. I'm gonna tell y'all <laughs> that is no excuse. Emotionally, you just were you had moved on. I drove no over connection. to the Toyota dealership without the permission of my mother. Ooh. I was 19 or 20 years old. Because you grown at 19 and 20, right? Crazy. <laughs> grown and dumb. Leased a Toyota Tercel. Tercel? Leased a Toyota Tercel. Okay. With a ridiculous interest rate. I had actually didn't have, I didn't actually have bad credit. Right. But I didn't really have credit. So either. it's. 
right? Yeah. So I had like one little credit card that had a three hundred dollar mm-hmm. balance, a, a, a department store card that my mom had got me. Right. So I didn't have a visa. I didn't have anything. And crazy, lease that car. This is when leases were horrible ideas, bad rates, bad terms. And I was in college. I didn't have no job. So you leasing? And my mother. Oh, you was running car insurance went up. Yes. Car insurance went up. Stupidest, stupidest thing. I've to this day. That is the most stupidest (laughs) thing I have ever, ever, ever done. And my mother did not make one car payment. Oh, no. This is on you. You grown, boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you going to pay this? I was hustling. I had two work-study jobs. Wow. And I was just out there trying to get... I was like, okay, this was dumb. Yeah. No, that, was, that's like you said, I that's think an about, lesson. Yeah, all that's the money. Because, look, I, I worked. I had a work-study job on campus. I had a work-study job with the Veterans Administration, um, which was perfectly... Mm-hmm. Um, legal and look at all the money I could have saved coming out of college if I wasn't pay- making a 400 some dollar 400 dollars I think it was three maybe 375 so it might as well have been like right, and that's not a lot but I know but, was, this, but that's I know a lot when they, yeah it's a lot this yeah. is you know in the, in especially the early to not 90s. something like you're leasing exactly it. and I'm leasing I had to get that sucker back <laughs> I had wow. to give it back that that okay yeah so, no, that's I don't know if I have any story like that, but we you kind of talked about, you know, purchases and expenses. But let's talk about like the opposite side, the income. So what is, mm-hmm. you know, we, we know you around here on your your grown woman, you know, you, you out here executing contracts and stuff. But yes. throughout your career, what was the largest check you ever cashed? So the largest check I had direct deposited into Ooh. my savings account savings account was okay. a bonus. And it was forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand. Yeah. Nice. Forty thousand dollars. You didn't spend it all at once, did you? I didn't spend it at all. Good. It went into my save my investment savings account. It like directly went into that because did you I, like set it up so yeah. you knew it was coming? So and the majority of my check, my pay, majority of my income, so like my direct deposit, right. I had just enough that would go in to cover my expenses, a little disposable income, and the rest of that income would go into an investment savings account at a bank where I did not have a debit card. Smart. Mm-hmm. Smart. So I would have to go down to Fidelity um, to transact to get funds from that account. Okay. And I typically use that account for like putting money into my, for, to my IRA, mm-hmm. um, make other investments to buy stock. And for vacation. So, like, okay. that was my vacation saving. Then I had another savings for incidentals um, at, uh, what was the bank at the time? Maybe Wachovia. Okay. And so, which is now Wells Fargo. <laughs> uh, so, that, so that's, you know, so I was really good then about saying, like, I just had this thing, like, I don't need any of that. So, it sounds like, and I was going to say similarly. And then I wore work clothes. Like, yeah. I, you know. So, when you, when you received, you know, whether it was your normal compensation or, you know, additional compensation through bonuses um did you increase your lifestyle like what was how did you oh what did you do with that like how did you then move forward i um i saved it okay. honestly i might buy like i like jewelry so i may have bought like something maybe like some diamond stud earrings but i i pretty much saved it i kept it nice. um and I wasn't, and I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy shopping. Like I would buy shoes and clothes and stuff and they were typically work like for work. Um, but I didn't do, carry designer handbags. 
I didn't, you know, and it was just, it, and there's no judgment to this. I never subscribed to the, you deserve something. Because I looked at it, I worked hard, I do deserve something. I right. deserve this $40,000 budget, this $40,000 bonus. Yep. I never thought I deserved the $40,000 bonus so that I can to go buy me something. something. Yeah. That was just me. So I, I want to be really clear that that was me. But I'll tell you, as I started deciding I want to leave this W-2 corporate job, yep. I had the cash and the security to know, oh, I can go because I got at least two years or more that I could work. I could live off of if I never wanted to, to work, work again, again. if I didn't ever want to work for two years or whatever. Yep. So I knew I could pay my mortgage, pay my, and I didn't have, a, eventually I didn't have a car note. Right. So, you know, so I had a standard they of living. They gave you some comfort. Yeah. yeah. So I look still like I still bought, but I was like my mom, if I had a dress on and if it was a nice designer dress, believe me, it you was on clearance <laughs> and I got an additional 15% off. Oh so. yeah. Always, always. So what about you? What's the largest check you've held in your hand or seen go into your account? So for me, um, it was when I left my last job, I was able um, to get a bonus and so it was, uh, it was, I think it was around 20, 25,000. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bonus as well as there was some normal, I think, compensation in there as well. So mm-hmm. it was nice. And same thing. I was transitioning from being a employee to being self-employed. Mm-hmm. And so very similar to your story, actually, I had a whole year. My whole plan was to take a whole year off and figure out life. Um, so that literally <laughs> to figure out my life and I had been saving cause I gave, you know, I gave them quite a bit of notice, uh-huh. um, cause I knew it was going to be hard to fill the position. But while I was doing that, I was saving and, you know, God bless me that I even went the whole year I was going to take off. I found, you know, some other employment that was, mm-hmm. so you still had some exactly money. still, so yeah. that money's just saved. So, um, you know, like to your point, I didn't go out there and say, I knew this bonus was coming. I was going to spend it. I think knowing that I was going into potentially uncertain times, I wanted to save it. And so, yeah, yeah but it was about, it was a nice sum of money. So, yeah, I think, you know, when, you know, as we kind of wrap a little bit, I think that's the big thing is like, you got to really think about what your financial goals are. Absolutely. Because right? we, you know, we talked when we were doing the before 30 um, my journey to thirty mini course. That Absolutely. episode, if you if you had a chance to listen to that episode, we talk about creating these intentions Absolutely. and kind of looking at your future. And there's so much that we don't know. Absolutely, there's a lot. We there's don't a know. lot we don't know. And to the fact that we don't know, to touch on it real quick, how open are you with discussing money within your friend and family group? I don't mind talking about it. I think really? other people are. I think people are still uncomfortable with it. I do have some friends who have shared their salaries with me, and we've talked through it. And I've led them to, hey, these are the things that you're missing out on. Okay, right. You should be make with all of this experience, with these kind of jobs that you're working on. You should be making this, and your bonus really should be, be this. this. Yeah. You should go back in and renegotiate mm. and be very transparent, like. Is this and in the, the this is in this all, is, pri- is this, this prior is, to the accepting employment or while they are employed? This is while they are employed. Oh wow! Okay, I have a lot of friends that I've seen and they are underpaid. Yeah, wow. but and part of that again is because we don't want to tell anyone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, and we need to talk about it. Absolutely. And the reason I got comfortable talking about money a little bit more is because I worked on an all male team. 
And they were mostly, they were all white men. Mm -hmm. They talked about money openly. That's how I learned about using points for credit cards. Like one of the guys, he, he used his American Express card to buy his wife's wife a Mercedes Benz. So he got all of those, all those points. And he was just talking about all the trips that he and his wife and the kids were going to take. Yep. He was like, you know, we just paid it off. (laughs) And I was like, you can do that. I was like, you can buy a car on a credit card. Yeah, on a credit So yeah. I'm pretty open about it. I know everybody's not comfortable. Yeah. And I can find out, if, but it does not stop me from asking questions. Right. Like people who jump out into entrepreneurship, I will, you know, after a while of them talking about their business, I'll say, you know, what are your goals? Yeah. Like, what do you want to make this last quarter? I was asking my trainer that. Like, do you know? what you want your last quarter to, to look, look like. like. Yep. And then if you do, if you say, okay, I want to make, you know, $20,000 in right. the last quarter, training people, hosting classes, doing coaching, um, then how many clients do you need? Exactly. Like, because Backing into yeah, the, we gotta, what needs yeah, to yeah. What you, so, so then you know, you know what your you want to do. Your budget, right. how do you achieve that? Yeah, and so just for individuals, the same thing. Because if we don't talk about it, I mean, the... And because of the work I do, I see the numbers. Yeah. I see the statistics about how women and then people of color are underpaid significantly from from entry level all the way up to retirement. And you feel that having conversations with the right people can provide you with the insight as well as the tools to have Mm -hmm. those conversations to make sure, you know, your your compensation is is what it should be right and there is no rule that you cannot get a compensation adjustment in the middle of the year see that i didn't even know that even when i was (laughs) yeah i'm looking at all this work (laughs) here and yeah that's real that is not a rule that, hey. It might be a policy. Policies can be changed. So, you know, we can. Uh, yeah. So I look forward to us to continue yeah. to have this money conversation. Right, because I we think, hope we don't, you know, y'all don't get bored with yeah. it. But we're probably going to spend a lot of time through this yeah. last year. So you guys can all start getting ready yeah. for 2021. And I think like, the big thing is we really want to be comfortable talking about money. And so, you know, it, some people are everyone's on a different journey of how mm-hmm. their openness um, with who they talk about money with and how much you know they share. But I think we really want to do some deep dives yeah. to understand how when you are more open and comfortable talking about money, how that can just lead to more success or yeah. help you with your, achieve your yeah. financial goals. Right. And then understanding and support what, yourself right, and others. Right. And understand how it works in your profession. Right. Very true. Because it's different. It's so very and different. you know, so we we'll, we'll talk about that too, but so, Trey, you were talking about living on debt, like using your credit cards to kind of manage your yep. expenses um, until you get paid. Yes. Have you ever thought about borrowing money or, you know, what's your philosophy around huh. borrowing? So as far as borrowing money, I, huh, being the borrower or the lender, like truly Let's, borrowing? Yeah, borrowing, okay. like saying, hey, can you let me hold? So I've always been, um, I, let me start with this. My dad growing up always would say, Never let money be an issue in a relationship. So if you borrow money from someone, always pay them back. Like never let that be an issue. Family, friends, anyone. So that's kind of stuck with me all throughout my life. Um, But I've tried to be financially independent to the point where I didn't have to ask for money. So if there was, you know, an emergency or an extenuating circumstance, um, you know, I would go to someone I'm close to, someone I trust, 
um, you know, and ask them if I could borrow money. But I really didn't like doing that um, because it can, you know, relationships can already be fragile. And when you add money in there, it, that's just the that's the quick. That's, to me, that's one of the quickest ways what to enter in a relationship. relationship right. Something with money. It so. is interesting how money can just kind of totally destroy a, a friendship or a family relationship. So I, I, I haven't had to borrow money. Sometimes I'd be thinking about it, like I should use other people money for this investment <laughs> and that you know this investment I'm trying to make in this business which is a different kind of loan yeah um, but like borrowing when I was younger I don't I don't ever remember borrowing for friends but I did oh yes I didn't do that I had one of my girlfriends co-sign Ooh. for a loan for me um it's because I didn't want to ask my mom to do it okay and it was a small loan and all she had to do was sign. She yeah. had been working longer than I had and had more established yeah. income. What was that conversation and, like? Hey, Lisa, <laughs> okay, you sign Lisa. This, co-sign this for me. Um, and it was just like, and you had the relationship that was yeah, really... Yeah, she trusted okay, that wow. I was going to make the payment, which is something my mother told me, don't ever co-sign for anybody. That's real. Don't, don't she co-sign. co-signed on something for me. Uh, and I paid it off. She yeah. never got a call about it, never heard anything related to it. I did not default on it. But I also had this philosophy around borrowing money, like lending money to other people. Yeah. Because I had lent some money to someone. They didn't pay me back. What was the most you've ever lent to someone? I can't even remember. I remember this loan was about $500. Okay. okay. But this is what I... And I and I saw so what I did is I set a threshold. Okay. Kind of like, you know, yep. you, you always talk about how your dad says, don't let money get between you and someone yep. else and always pay them back. Well, I realized people are not going to always pay me back. Mm. And then I also realized when you ask for your money back, they're going to get mad at you. Oh, you're, you're real defensive. So I said, you know what? The bank don't give people all the money they want. No. So why do I have to lend you all the money you need? You, you come to me and say, oh, I need a thousand dollars. I got 200 on right. it. 200. Whatever I feel like I'm, I could still be friends with you if you exactly. don't give me my two hundred dollars back. Exactly. No, but, I was... but I need a whole. Well, how many other people you asked? <laughs> like, I'm, here, this is, I'm putting two hundred on it right. for you. So I think that was always a good philosophy for me because sometimes I didn't want to say no from the limit, but I couldn't yeah. say complete a total yes and give them all yeah. of that. Well, I think for lending for me too, I have uh, just kind of that discernment as well as. How much am I comfortable with losing? And if you don't pay me back. Yeah. And so, you know, I had a situation and it kind of, t- well, I've had good experiences and, and not so good experiences. A good experience. I've loaned, you know, people thousands of dollars and I've gotten it back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are the people that you trust. And it's like, okay, I loaned you a hundred dollars. You got it back to me. I don't have to ask for my money back. You gave it back to me or you communicated hey i don't have it this time you were proactive mm-hmm. so okay a hundred dollars you can get five hundred dollars thousand so i've yeah. actually there's a few close people i've lent like a thousand dollars to but then you kind of brought up that co-signing thing that was my situation that went wrong uh signed a lease with somebody in college and they thought it wasn't their responsibility to sublease like to, like oh, after they moved right, after i leave here i, I the semester's over oh. they were just like oh yeah i can't you know, I'm not there, so I'm not paying the rent for these two or three months. Excuse me? This is a joint a joint lease. Like, oh, yeah. So, and that's communication as a big part that of That was, uh, yeah. yeah. So, and people have different money ideas about money um, and whose responsibility is yeah. for what. And, and we got to talk more. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. So, to your point about the borrow lending, it's not just I give you money, you give me money. It's 
who do you enter into contractual agreements <laughs> with that you might be on the hook for? So Yeah, so I haven't had to borrow um, in many, many years. I haven't loaned anything either. And even in my family, this hasn't happened in a very long time, but it was like if my brother needed something or if I needed something, we just going to give it to you. Absolutely. Like this is an investment in you. And then if you choose to give me my money back, unspoken you can get me <laughs> get a money back but yeah. yeah so that there would be things like that i remember even my mom one day she was like hey janine um will you you know lend me this i want to get this done on the house and right. i didn't want to do it this way and i was like yeah of course yeah. you know because i i was able to do it my mom was retired and i wanted to be able Absolutely. to do those sorts of things for my mother yep but I ain't doing it for you <laughs> and Shauna. Be. I ain't building no deck on y'all oh, house. No, it's like I said, it is very, I, I I work very hard to be financially independent. But I think too, it's, you know, especially understanding every, your financial past. So you, you, there's lessons you've been taught. There's experiences you've had, mm-hmm. you know, if you decide to get in, you know, a relationship with someone else, understanding that there's a whole financial history they have. Um, and so it's just really understanding, you know, what, what you're comfortable with and, and what are your financial goals. And so we've talked about that, you know, what how to really identify what your financial goals are and mm-hmm. lay some steps out for that. And I know we're going to do a deep dive on that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, money was on our mind today. Money, money, money. Um, I promise y'all. I will not be spending. I'm making a public declaration. <laughs> no more instant gratification. Um, as much as I love to support small businesses, I'm keep, keeping my coins in my bank account. Hey, that's 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 the way to do it. Especially right. with the holiday season coming up. Right. And I don't have to buy a lot of holiday gifts. Y'all, it's been real. We've had it's a fun a time pleasure. talking about this, getting into your your wallet today. So just continue to follow us and stay connected to us um, because at before 30, you are a masterpiece and a work, and a work in, in progress. Thank you for listening to the Before 30 podcast. Help us grow by subscribing and commenting on today's show. The Before 30 podcast is owned and operated by Before 30 LLC. Be sure to connect with us on our website at before-30.com and follow and like us at Before 30 on all social media platforms.